Welcome to LifePoint Church. Our mission is to glorify God and make gospel-driven disciples by engaging people in the unexpected joy of a life more and more dependent on Jesus. Romans 10, verses 14 through 15. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. My name is Craig Fortunato, and I'll be uh, your preacher this morning. So glad to be here this morning with you and the text in front of us. And we've got some uh, real gems to get after to, uh, this morning. So I got, I got a question for you, uh, whether you've been here for 10 minutes or, or 37 years or whatever it's been, I got a question for you. Uh, do you have any good news to share? Hey, I like that. Do you have any good news to share? Now, if you're like most people, it's easy to default and tell about the bad news. What'd you do this weekend? Oh, I went to a, a wedding. Yeah, it was good and everything, but and all the undercurrent of all the, the things that didn't go according to plan come about. Or you turn the news channel and it's negative, 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 negative. It's kind of easy to communicate bad news or definitely not good news. But today, we're gonna to be talking about good news. You wanna hear some good news? Good news is coming at you and it's coming from the word. We've always got good news to share here at LifePoint Church. So as, uh, as Zach mentioned, we are going through this series one step at a time, and we're right in the middle of it today. So we started last week with Pastor Zach sharing with us, and uh, this morning I get to share with you about this great hope that we have in Jesus and this promise, that this, this declaration that Jesus has given us to follow him. And how do we do that? Well, we're looking at making uh, disciples one, one step at a time, and we want to make disciples who in forth go forward making disciples. So to review, I want to look back at the, at the passage that Jesus gives us at the end of the book of Matthew that is a, a great commission that he gives his 11 disciples. Remember, at this point, Jesus is resurrected from the dead. He is alive. He is alive today as he was alive this day, and he is 
revealing to, himself, to his 11 disciples, and he starts off by saying, therefore go make disciples. Therefore go, and go throughout the, all the earth and make disciples. But what really is important that we take a look at verse, what is it, 19, that talks about verse 18. Jesus says, resurrected Jesus says, all authority on earth and in heaven has been given to me. That's a lot of authority, folks. That's a lot of authority that's been given to Jesus. And he says, therefore, go and make disciples. It's a beautiful declaration that he gives. It's a beautiful commission that he gives because the power of God is going to be moving through the obedience of people. And all the nations are going to be touched. All the nations are going to be touched. So this is the verse that is motivating us to move forward in our disciple-making pathway. Is to look at this verse, the, the, uh, this passage that Jesus gives us at the end of Matthew chapter 28. Jesus calls us to make disciples. He did not call us to make Christians. He did not call us to make people feel guilty to go to church. He did not call us to give money to the church. He called us to make disciples. And we talked about last week, what is a disciple? What is a disciple quickly is a, an apprentice a learner, a student, someone who is walking in the footprints of the person they are following. That's what disciples do. That's what Christians do is they're following Jesus. So that is what a disciple is. That is what a disciple is, is someone who is learning to become more and more like Jesus. If you're new with us here, thrilled that you're here this morning. Thrilled that you're here with us this morning because we want you to know uh, about our disciple-making pathway. This is an opportunity for us to teach our people how they can participate in this great gospel that God has called us to. I'm going to share what that word gospel means in just a moment here. So we're going to go through a, a series. Uh, we started last week with the, with the term engage. We want to engage people. And then this morning we're focusing on the word evangelism. We're going to move, taking steps to the right, and then we're going to look at establish next week and finally equip in two weeks from now. This is a, a very simplistic diagram for you guys to understand where we're going on this disciple-making pathway. It may look like there's four steps here, but really there's a million steps here. There's just four hunks that we're trying to focus on. Today, we're focused on evangelism. Okay, so now evangelism, that's a word that we get from the scriptures, and it's right here in our, in our chapter here, in chapter 10. It's used several times, and the Greek word is evangelion. Evangelion is the noun form of it, and then evangelizo is the verb form of it that's used in just a moment here. We're going to read through it together. Uh, this, these words mean gospel. These words mean good news. Good news. This is a term that you would use to celebrate and announce good news. Uh, this is what something would happen like we have been struggling to have a baby, but guess what? We're pregnant. This is good news. Uh, I was in debt to my, my ex-wife, $64,000 in back child payment. I was in prison. I could not make money. I could not make any payments. But good news, she's canceled that debt. To me, that qualifies as good news. Not holding that debt against you anymore. I wish you well. I'm, I'm, I'm for you. 
Go forward, knowing that I'm with you. This is good news. Good news that the Gospels talk about, that the Jesus talks about, is that we have a debt that we cannot pay, and that is because of our sin. Our sin has put us in a terrible, terrible debt to God. But, praise be to God, He has a plan to remove that sin. So more of that come later, okay? So good news, this word evangelism is also can be used as good news. The active announcement of recent events is, is, or information is worthy of celebration. Worthy of celebration, that's what this, news, this word is about. Good news. So evangelism, what we're looking at here today, to get into it right away, how can we share the good news in a hostile culture? How can we share the good news in a hostile culture? And this is not something new. This hostile culture is not something new to us in our today in 2024. Uh, the world has been hostile towards God since Adam and Eve, since the garden. I want to read with us together. I want you to have your scriptures open because in a moment you're going to have a chance to be making some notes in your Bible. Okay? So I want you to open at Romans chapter 10. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 10 today, which was read for us earlier. And I'm going to expand a verse on either side. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 17. So please turn there with me now, because you've got to pay attention to what, what God has here for us this morning. Okay? So I'm going to start in verse 13 of chapter 10, book of Romans, in the New Testament. Paul is writing this church, and he has got a heart for, for the Jews. Chapters 9 through 11 is really focused at the unbelieving Jews and their passion for education. They're missing it all. Paul is saying in verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He is quoting from the Old Testament prophet Joel. Joel there is saying, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And it's important, important, important to know that today. We don't know if we're living in the end days, the last times. We don't know when that Jesus is coming back. But Joel has prophesied saying, call out to the Lord. And I need to use that verse because in verse 14 is referring right back to that verse 13 in the word call. 14, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And then he quotes Isaiah chapter 52. He says, as, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, the book of Isaiah, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. We're going to break this down together, okay? We're going to look at this, and there's four questions that Paul is asking and there is an implied message as he asks the questions. We're going to get to the implied messages together. He asks the question, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they going to do this? Paul is developing a case here that it is imperative that disciples, Christians who believe that Jesus truly is the way, the life, and the truth, that they have got to use their mouths. They've got to use their mouths and declare this message. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? 
So, people will call on Jesus only if they believe he can help them. That's when people will call on Jesus. And the beautiful part here, folks, is God does the work. God does the work. Through his Holy Spirit, he does the work in people like you and people like me. Throughout all the nations, God is doing the work. He is doing the work by capturing some people's attention by looking at a beautiful sunrise that just causes them, like this morning, causes them to pause and just look at that glory. He is doing the beautiful work through the, the sustaining effort of a loving mother to love her child uh, through the hard and the hard and the harder. People see a glimpse of God in that. And then people really see a glimpse of God when his word is read and people are digesting it. People will call on Jesus only if they believe he can help them. And folks, there is plenty of times in our lives when we are looking for something to believe in. This is when we need to be faithful and insert Jesus into life. Secondly, and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard, Paul says. How are they gonna believe if nobody's telling them? How are they going to do this? How are they going to believe? Belief in Jesus cannot exist without knowledge about him. Well, knowledge about him. And guess where we can find that knowledge, folks? Right here. Right here. Right here. In the scriptures, in the preaching of his word, in discussions that we can recall God's word that has been hidden down deep in our hearts, we can give people Good news, good news to count on as we retell scriptures that have been hidden down in our hearts in our everyday conversation. Or you may have a phone that you could pull out with a Bible app on it and you can insert that in your everyday conversation. You can talk tomorrow morning at the water cooler and someone can say, hey, how was your weekend this weekend? Oh, let me tell you about this. I had this preacher give me a wonderful sermon yesterday. And let me tell you a little bit about it. Let's go to point three. His third question, he says, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to hear without someone preaching? We're going to see that Jesus is going to be magnified, made much of, communicated, delivered with great love, when we're able to proclaim that saving message. One hears about Jesus only when someone proclaims the saving message is what the question is begging to be said. But folks, I want to just pause on this number three here. That may seem very simplistic and very evident. The content is important. The content that we give is important. How we give it. How we give this content is what really communicates the message. Really communicates the message. When you tell someone about Jesus, about the saving message, if you just give them the X's and O's without the passion of sharing about how that has personally moved your mind and your heart to become kind of in alignment with each other, where you're like, I gotta tell you about the good news. There's good news to be shared. Real good news. 
Good news of hope. Good news of that you can last for tomorrow because you know he is with you. Good news. Fourth, fourth question he gets to, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? This is, this is a passage that is really undergirding the, the calling of preachers and pastors and evangelists. And at the same time, I do believe it, it impacts people. You. It impacts people that you have the ability to share the good news because you have tasted of the good news yourself. The message of Jesus will not be proclaimed unless someone is sent by God. And I believe we have God moments day after day. I want you to think about, but this is a little bit of a, a, little bit of a risk here. Uh, I want you to think for a moment about when do you think was the last opportunity that you had to share the gospel with someone. Where it became kind of an, a known opportunity, you know. Uh, certainly you could interrupt my, my sermon right now and turn to your neighbor and start sharing the gospel, but that, that's not really appropriate right now. But can you think of their last opportunity? I can think of mine, and I failed, folks. I failed. It's easy to go back to, it was three weeks ago today. Three weeks ago today on a Sunday morning, I failed. And it's embarrassing to admit it to you. Because once I share with the story with you what, how I failed, it's going to be like, wow, you really missed that one, Craig. I woke up in the morning, Sunday morning, early, 6 o'clock, did my normal routine, looking forward to, uh, to get some items to the church from the grocery store for a pizza with the pastors that we were doing that day. I'm in a hurry. I get late at times. I don't manage my time all that perfectly all the time. My wife does. <laughs> she was not with me this morning. So I go to the grocery store. I'm in a hurry. I'm behind. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. And I know I can sweep through the grocery store in six or seven minutes and get what I need. And so I pull up to my parking spot put it in park, turn it off, look down, and I see an image I don't ever want to see again. And it haunts me to this day. I look down and I see a woman in the passenger seat and a man in the driver's seat, and they're sitting there. So she's got a lighter. She lights, and then she lights a torch that has this constant flame. And then she pulls out a needle, and she starts to warm it up. I'm getting out of my truck, just gripped by this. Close the door, I start walking into the grocery store, just bothered, 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 gripped and bothered. And I get halfway to the store, I park close. I get halfway to the store, and I'm like, you gotta go back, you gotta go back. So I turn around and I start going back. What are you gonna say? What are you gonna, what are you gonna do when they pull out a gun? What are you going to do when they stab you with it? I turned around again. Went back to the store to get some salad dressing. Made a deal with God. Said if they're still there, I'll talk to them. I come out fast. Four minutes later, they're gone. God would have me, but I didn't obey. I didn't know what to say, but I know today, without a shadow of a doubt, God would have given me the words. 
All I would have to say is, don't. Jesus can help you. That's all I'd have to say. But I disobeyed, and I missed an opportunity. 7.45 in the morning, that happened on a Sunday morning. I wasn't prepared. I share this with you in, in great humility and embarrassment, hoping that maybe it would prepare you for your opportunity. For your opportunity. I want to share with you guys some good news. There's great news. There's great news that Jesus has for us and it's relevant for today. Now I can share with you guys, there's many different ways you can share the gospel with people in abridged forms, in, in presentations, like uh, the T-chart, like the bridge analogy, um, like reading your Bible with somebody, sharing your testimony, sharing your story are all powerful ways that people come to trust Jesus. Um, usually it's a, a combination of these ideas. It's not just one. But folks, we're, we're, I think we're, it's safe to say many of us in this room are fairly well convinced that Jesus is the way because we continue to show a priority on Sunday mornings to worship together, to serve together, to pray together, to learn together, to fellowship with one another. We make it a priority because we believe that he lives. He lives today and that he still has a plan for those who have yet to receive him, to trust him that they can come to the wonderful hope and peace and love that we all share together. I want to share with you uh, quickly the Romans Road. The Romans Road. So your Bibles are open and open to the book of Romans, okay? And I want to teach you something, a little technique that can maybe help you as you're sharing the Bible with people. I think it's important for people to read the Bible, okay? Because it's God's Word and it's living and active. And it's useful for training, for correcting, for righteousness. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 is the first verse that you want to begin with. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, let me read it for you. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is a great way for people to begin their understanding of a, of a summary, a quick, large summary of a, lot of a lot of words and a lot of pages here. But we have fallen short. Who has fallen short? All. All have fallen short of the glory of God. Now at the top of your Bible, if you want to take a moment and write upside down. So turn your Bible, so now it's all upside down. The top of, at the top of that page of 323, write these numbers. Five, colon, eight through nine. Five, eight through nine. So we're gonna turn, that's gonna tell you as your friend across the table is reading the word of God. The, the holy words of God, they're reading it. So they just read 3.23. You got a little note to yourself that says, go to 5, 8 through 9. So you turn to chapter 5, verses 8 through 9. We know that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. Now, chapter 5, verses 8 through 9 is beautiful and also hard to hear at the same time. Five says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We were still sinning. Christ didn't wait for us to get perfect, but he still died for us. 
That's great love, to love for someone who curses you, spits at you, insults you, and doesn't believe in you. God shows his love for us, and then while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse nine is very important to include. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, his death on the cross, his blood shared for us on the cross. We are justified. We're gonna talk about that word in a second. We are justified by his blood. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. So are we saved from hell? No, we're saved from the wrath of God. And that word justified, we're justified by his blood, which means like we are, it's just as if we have always obeyed and just as if we've never sinned. That's what Jesus' blood does for each and every one of us sinners, for all those who believe. Jesus did the work. Turn your Bible upside down, and then on the top of that page, you're going to write 623. Romans 623, chapter 6, verse 23, says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is a free gift, a free gift of God. Remember, 5.8 says God demonstrated his love for us, and it's a gift, a gift to all. The, the wages of sin is death. That's what you get for sinning. Payment, death. Payment for living your life, looking after only yourself. Payment for telling that little lie, telling that big lie. Payment for stealing that money, stealing that a lot of money. Payment for committing acts of adultery and committing the acts of lust. Yeah, all those things, those are, lot, those are sins, and the wages of that sin is death. But, great word in the Bible, but... The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So be in Christ. In Christ. Top of that page, turn your Bible around. 8-1 is the next one. We're coming home. 8-1. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's good news, folks. That's real good news. There is no condemnation. None. Zero. Not 0.1%, it's like zero when the Bible uses the word none. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, if you're in Jesus. Turn your Bible around, you're gonna write 10, colon, nine. 10, nine. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. This is a beautiful promise. A beautiful promise of actualizing your faith. Actualizing your faith that, believe, that starts in your heart and comes out of your mouth, making it public. Jesus is Lord. That is salvation. That's the Romans road. Romans three twenty three. Romans 5, 8 through 9, Romans 6, 23, Romans 8, 1, and Romans 10, 9. Take a screenshot with your picture or your camera. Take notes in your phone. Get it later in your own Bibles at home. But make a commitment to this. This is a effective way of sharing the gospel with people. I want to conclude by saying disciples are made by persevering proclamation, by the persevering proclamation of the word of God, by the people of God, in prayerful dependence on the Spirit of God. This is from the book, The Vine Project, that uh, us elders have been studying for some time now. 
persevering proclamation of the word of God by the people of God. God uses us. God uses us, okay? We make them one step at a time. We have good news to share, folks. We really do. We have good news to share. And so doing, I want to ask my friend, Rock, to come join me for the last section of our, sermon, our time together. Uh, Rock Dion is a man who's been in our church for uh, about a year, maybe a little over a year, and his wife Tammy. And uh, please give Rock a, a round of applause and welcome him to the, the stage here. Rock has agreed um, to share with us uh, some things that I think God does amazingly well through him. He's an obedient man. Uh, Rock really is living out our mission of glorifying God by making gospel-driven disciples, by engaging people with the, with the unexpected hope of a life more and more dependent on Jesus. This is, I see it living out in Rock's life and many of your lives, but uh, Rock has agreed to be, uh, to be willing to share some of these questions I think could really be helpful to, to, to you and to me. Um, We've talked about this a little bit already, but I want you to briefly just share with them about who are you, you know, how, how did you come to faith in Christ? Tell us your story of how you came to trust Christ. You said we couldn't have notes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get notes, I get notes. I was very blessed to have a mom and dad who had a passion for Jesus and had a passion to share the gospel. Uh, at a young age, I was, um, uh, I heard a message about heaven and hell and about the penalty of sin. And that night, my mom and I walked home and I told my mom that I wanted to be right with God. And she patiently took me through the word of God and told me that I was a born sinner. And um, Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned. And so all of my good deeds was not gonna be um, good enough to make that payment. That verse goes on to say, um, and come short of the glory of God. Uh, but Jesus loves me. And he made a way for me. In uh, Romans 5, 8, it says, but God commendeth his love towards me in that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. And this enables me to have forgiveness, enables me to be a child of God. And so that night I asked Jesus into my heart in Romans um, 10, 9, and I appreciate you going through the Romans road because uh, it says, um, that if rock shall confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God hath raised Jesus from the dead, rock shall be saved. And so Craig, that night I became a child of God. That's... Uh, um, I love how God used your mom to be, you know, helping you orchestrate through those maneuvers. And Rock has given me permission to, uh, I think this, now's a good time to share this, but Rock gave, shared a very personal note that his mother uh, wrote him and his siblings. Um, can you bring that note up for us all to take a look at? There it is. 
So, Rock, share with us what, uh, this was written recently. So, um, both my mom and dad have passed. Uh, my mom passed about three months ago, but she uh, dealt with uh, uh, Alzheimer's. And um, so just before, just as at the start of Alzheimer's, uh, a few years back, um, mom and dad were always known to uh, write notes to us kids. I'm the oldest of seven, and I have three brothers and three sisters. And um, so it, it says, uh, I am looking forward to seeing you in heaven. Take as many, bring as many people with you as you can. Lots of love, mom. And so um, mom was a prayer warrior. Um, she needed to be with me. <laughs> and uh, uh, mom and dad led hundreds and thousands of people to the Lord yeah. and, uh, um, and taught us. Yeah, I was, uh, let's keep that up there for the remainder of our time because um, I think that's just so inspiring to me of the power of a note and unlocking the heart. Uh, and she didn't even intend that for us to be the recipients of that, but I hope that that's inspiring to you as it is to me. What are some practical ways that you, Rock, um, share the gospel, that you evangelize in, in our steps? You know, we want to engage. Today we're talking about evangelize. Yeah. What are some practical ways you do that? The... Um I was, I was taught from a young age to share the gospel, um, to share the good news that um, we have news that, that people should hear. And so um, uh, one of the, uh, you know, Proverbs, um, Proverbs 11.30 says, the fruit of a righteous man is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. My best friend told me, uh, he said, Rock, uh, just before I went into the military, he said, Rock, tell your roommates what you believe. If you don't, they will think you believe just like the rest of the world. And so that's what I've told young people for many years, and um, I said, um, take a stand for Jesus. Uh, do it often. Make it a part of your life. Um, one of the practical ways mm -hmm. of, um, of taking a stand is for me to carry my Bible mm -hmm. everywhere I go. This puts my mind in a different mm -hmm. thought pattern when I am carrying the Word of God. Um, it also allows others to see that I am carrying something different. Uh, the Bible calls this carrying the sword of the Lord. It's part of my spiritual armor. Mm -hmm. That's good. I like several things there. Uh, what do you think is, is often, well, before I ask that question, so why, we, we're talking about ways and tactics of how to share the gospel, this good news that we have, but why do you share it? Like, why are you compelled to share it? Okay, so um, first, um, I, I love Jesus for what he's done for me and for what um, he's doing in me. Uh, Psalms nineteen fourteen says, 
Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Um, second of all, I feel I am required, commanded to share the good news. Um, I've been commissioned. I've been commissioned to share the good news um, in Matthew 28 of the Great Commission. It says, go and tell. Um, the Christian life is not a passive life, and it should not be. It should, um, uh, I spent 10 years in the military, and um, I carried my M16 with me everywhere I went. When I was in bed, it was in my sleeping bag. Um, because it was an active engagement. When the enemy comes, and we are told in Ephesians 6, 8, uh, 10 through 18, that we are in a battle, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There is a real battle, and I don't believe that most Christians um, understand that it's a daily, it's a daily fight. Um, so um, it's, it's having that heart mm -hmm. um, to, uh, to want to be in the, in the battle, um, to know that you are in the battle. Um, the Romans road is a great way to, to share that. You're convinced. That's what I hear when you're saying all that, that you're convinced that it's true. You're convinced that this is true. It's correct, it's right, it's applicable today. It's, it's your best news, it's the good news. And you're motivated by it. That's what I'm getting. I Absolutely. I had, um, I had a, a mom and dad who demonstrated that in front of us. Mm -hmm. um, not only did they demonstrate it, but they put us in places where we um, ourselves um, were engaged. So like once a month they would bring us to the rescue mission and us seven kids would you know, be scurried up on the platform and we would sing. And um, then my dad would have us sit with the men and afterwards we'd eat with them. Um, mom and dad would bring us to the nursing home and we would go room to room and sing and um, hmm. each of us would give, you know, in each room, um, dad would say, Rock, why don't you tell them what Jesus did for you? Mm -hmm. And um, my um, youth pastor, young, um, he would teach us um, he would get us in front of each other and we would sit there and I would say, Craig, Jesus has changed my heart. What does Jesus mean to you? And then would you mind, can I share what Jesus has done? And then we would go through the Romans road. We would do that in, the, in our youth group. We would do that um, on, on the bus. We would do that in the park. We would do that um, uh, with our friends. Uh, we would tell our, our friends' parents. Um, if you really understand who you are as a Christian, 
and God's love for you, you will want to share the good news of the gospel. Mm -hmm. So I, I see there's several different people that, like your youth pastor is used, but primarily your mom and your dad made you a disciple. Who's gonna make other disciples? Yes, yes. Let's pay attention to that, folks. So, what is something that is often overlooked when people are looking at sharing their faith? What, uh, what is often overlooked when it comes to sharing Jesus with others? I, I think that the, one of the things um, is that we don't re realize the urgency. Um, the Bible says, do not say in four months that the... Um, that the harvest will be ready. The fields are white on the harvest. And uh, the Bible also says today is the day of salvation. Um, and I think that if we realize that, the, that our neighbors, uh, our coworkers in that have a doubt in their head, that they have a hole in their heart. Mm -hmm. um, see, the Bible says that we are to plant and we'll water and then to harvest. Um, the Holy Spirit does all those things. So when I come in front of a person, um, when it says today is the day of salvation, um, that is the goal of the conversation. Now, they get to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And maybe that just needs to soak into their head this, what Jesus has done for them. Mm -hmm. But do not say that you need to wait in that mm -hmm. because the Bible is clear mm -hmm. that the field is white unto harvest. Mm -hmm. So pluck some of those ears of corn, grab them because they are people want to, want to know the truth and mm -hmm. we have the truth. Mm -hmm. so. I love the urgency too, uh, because how, what a, what, what, there's no better way than for us to lead estranged children back to their loving father who cares for them, who loves them, and will provide everything for them. Um, there's people out here, this is my last question, there's people out here who have been walking with Jesus for uh, years, many years, but they have yet to share the gospel with someone. Uh, what advice would you give to people who or maybe are really way, well out of practice? It's been since college, and that was 100 years ago. You know, like, what advice would you give people today? What can they walk out of here with? Um, the church family, this is a safe place. Our conversation, um, we should bring Jesus into our conversation wherever we are. So the conversations that you have uh, among the people here in church, um, it's nice to talk about uh, the football game or the score or the weather, uh, but bringing Jesus into the conversation. And so the person to the right or to the left of you, um, that you can, you can engage in today you can, um, or pick out someone who you think that um, uh, you would like to talk to 
and, and say, and ask them what their testimony is. Um, ask them, you know, like, what did Jesus do for you? And as you do that each week, as you engage in the safe zone here of other, you know, the body of Christ, um, and you hear the testimonies of what someone has done in another person's life and how they radically changed their life from a, a life of sin and that, um, the more you stand up for Jesus, the more you allow others to know what Jesus did for you. It, if you don't tell people what Jesus has done for you, then they're not going to understand what their need is for Jesus and, and their need for salvation. So the simple thing is, is to bring Jesus to your lips in conversation with your neighbors, your co-workers, your family, to say Jesus each day in your conversation, and then to use your testimony as a starting place um, to say like, you can know the same peace and joy and have your sins forgiven. Um, there is a lot of sayings that, um, again, I, I go back to this, this is not a passive, we, we do not live in a, a, in a, we are not to engage in being passive Christians. Um, so, you are not the person who's going to bring that person to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is going to do the work. And so, um, prayer is the second greatest gift we have outside of salvation. I, f I feel that. And so, I would say being proactive is saying, dear, dear Jesus, I don't have the right words to say. And, and my tongue doesn't know, I don't have confidence in myself. And I have the Holy Spirit living in me. Use me as you would have me to be. Um, and God will. Um, that's, that's what I would say to, yeah. to, uh, to every Christian. Yeah. I hope that you picked up one or two of those gems that you can focus on. Um, one in, that I, in summary of what you said, you're specific about using the name Jesus rather than God when you're talking to people, which is, I think, really helpful and important um, because it really helps people know what God you're talking about uh, when you say Jesus. And so I thank you so much. I, th I thank you so much for your willingness to come up here. He humbly accepted this invitation, um, um, obediently accepted the invitation, and. Um, with fear and trembling, they accepted this invitation. So thank you for, and not, not because of fear of man, but fear of, of the spiritual battle that uh, happens right now. So um, uh, I do thank you for your, your willingness and obedience 
today mm. and uh, everything that you've demonstrated thus far. So we do, could you guys thank him with me? Praise the Lord. Before we close, I'm going to pr uh, close this in prayer. I'm asked the ushers to give out uh, these to everybody. It's just a, a, a simple tract. It takes about 10 minutes for you to read at home and consider if you'd like to pass it on to somebody else that God's put on your heart to understand what is the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Um, in order for there to be good news, I always say there has to be bad news. And that bad news is, is that we are all sinners. Um, but the good news is we're saved by grace. So I want to just close in prayer, uh, thanking God for what he's doing. And I'm trusting, trusting that this has been an equipping moment for us, the church, to be inspired and re-equipped on how to share the gospel and why we should. Um, and there's, I'm sure there's certain people here in the room who have yet to receive Jesus Christ. And uh, you heard the gospel shared from Romans 3.23, 5.1, 6.23, uh, 5.8, and 9.6.23, 8.1. 10, 9. Um, if you would like to know more about Jesus, if you'd like to talk with uh, Rock or myself or one of the other pastors or someone who brought you, please don't hesitate. Please don't uh, delay. Uh, it's, it's, the timing is urgent. Um, the timing is now, and we were, are here to help you. Um, let me pray for all of us. Father, I thank you so much for Rock. I thank you for this church that is... Uh, been, been here for over 140 years. Uh, started way back in 1879 here in Fort Collins. And many men and women have gone before us faithfully, uh, sacrificing and, and dedicating their lives to sharing this gospel with uh, the people of this area of the world and uh, have been sent out from this church to all ends of the earth, to all nations, to all people, tribes, and tongues. Uh, this is good news, so we thank you that the power of God is found here in your word, and I pray that it would go forward and multiply and exponentiate the power of God and be uh, used to be fruitful and useful to so many people who are looking for hope and love and peace that can only be found in a relationship with you, Jesus. We love you, and we give you all the praise that you are due, and pray this in your name. Amen. That concludes LifePoint Church's podcast. For more information about our church, visit sharethelife.org.